Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. I'm, I'm excited about Thanksgiving week. It's always a fun, you know, exciting time with family and friends. It's, it's also a, a, a difficult time when you lose loved ones, and it's, you know, the first big holiday seasons when, when you've lost a loved one. So that's kind of a bittersweet um, time. But, but it, it is a time to reflect and to be thankful. And, and just for me, when I, I, I look, and I, I'm very thankful for you. I'm very thankful for this this little church in Costa Mesa that that in in many eyes is is just kind of this little church in Costa Mesa. But when I look in the crowd and I see the people's lives and I see what's happening out there, there's impact that comes forth from this place because of you. And I thank God for you. I thank God for your lives and what God has called you to and, and what you do. I am incredibly humbled and blessed, so thank you. Um, there's a, a friend of, of mine, um, his name's Colton. He actually spoke here a while back, probably a year or two ago. And Colton, hey, how are you, Seth? Good to see you. All right, welcome. <laughs> Colton, Colton um, he, every day, literally, does not miss, every day, he sends a list of what he's thankful for. Every day. I'm like, Colton, man, what, what do you, what, and, and he, he's very creative and very, th- just so you know, he's thankful for Lululemons. That's a good thing. I'm very thankful for Lululemon. He puts that in his, his thankfulness. But, but he is, uh, comes out of alcoholism and, and some crazy struggles. And I said, well, every day you send me this list of about 10 or 15, 20 things that you're thankful for. And he said this. He said, I said, why do you do that, you know? And uh, um, he said, because it's a reminder of who I am and the gifts that God has given me. He said, he said this, he said, it, it, it changes the atmosphere in the morning when I get up. When the first thing he does, and I, I get up early, so usually 5.30 or 6, it's like, ping, here it comes, and I know exactly what's coming. He's like, the first thing, when I get up, I, I, I set the table of my day, and the way I set the table is not by starting off with all the madness, but I start with thankfulness. He says, it just leads into my day. Nothing changes the atmosphere quicker than a heart of thankfulness. Your, your, your world jacked up right now? Be thankful. Not for what's jacking it up, but be thankful that the next, very next breath you draw upon, given to you by God, is drawn upon. Amen. See, it, it's, it's a mind. This isn't even my message. See, you got two for one today. You're welcome. All right, here we go. Uh, we, we're in thankfulness, but here's, here's the thing with thankfulness. Thankfulness is an attitude of the heart that is awakened by our realization of our state in life apart from Jesus. Just sit in that for a second. See, now, now, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're going to go, ah, what does that mean? You know, either the realization of your life is a little different. But for my life, thankfulness is an attitude of my heart that is awakened by the realization of a state in life apart from Jesus. 
We're in the series in, uh, in Ephesians right now. Whoop, how are we doing here? There you go. We're in the series in Ephesians right now. Last week we talked about Paul, and he makes three profound statements in this section in, first, or in Ephesians 2, um, uh, 8 through 11. He talks about, and we talked about this last week, Christ plus nothing, that it's Jesus alone, grace alone saves you. He talked about that you and I, when we come into this relationship with Jesus, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. In other words, when we get saved, we are, we are called to walk it out in ways in which we impact others, good works. And he says this, Therefore, since there's no, uh, 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 I just totally lost that thought, but it was a heck of a thought, I guarantee you. It was good. Um, oh, he said this, that it's, the onus isn't upon you to walk this out, that the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you will help you walk in the works that God has for you. That's what we talked about last week. Now, this week, which is incredible to me as I'm reading and I'm going through the scriptures, Paul talks about Thanksgiving in Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. And, and I'm, I'm amazed at how it just fell right here in this moment. Because at one point I thought, well, maybe I should stop and do a Thanksgiving message. But, but this scripture fell right in here. Let's, and let's read a little bit about this this morning. And I'll unpack it and show you what I mean here. Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles... You Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. Separate. Separated. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and the strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. Lord, I pray for clarity. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak. Lord, and everything that clutters my mind or clutters our minds would be set aside that we might spend a few moments hearing from you. God, I thank you that your word is alive and active. God, I thank you that your word brings hope. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who gives us life. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 So uh, how, how is Paul talking about it? He doesn't say, hey, welcome to Thanksgiving this week on Thursday. Get a turkey and hang out with the family and have fun. But what Paul does is he sets the table for thankfulness. Paul sets the table by, by in, 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 in verse 11 and 12 where he says, therefore remember, and then in verse 12 he says, remember. That is the beginning of thankfulness. It is the, the table being set for thankfulness. Thanksgiving is directly tethered to remembering. Let me say that again. Your thanksgiving is tied to, is tethered to you remembering what God has given you. See, see, we get so caught up in all the stuff in our life, we forget all the gifts. We forget everything that God has given us. Therefore, the, the heart of thankfulness doesn't go forth. But thankfulness is directly tied to remembering. And Paul says twice in the scripture, he says, now remember. And then he says, remember. So why aren't people more thankful? Because we are blinded by our circumstances. The, 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 the fight that you and I have is the circumstances of our life. The difficulties that we're having financially. 
the difficulties we're having in our homes, the difficulties we may be having with our children or in our marriage or in our job, the circumstances that dictate our life, that move the pieces around, that, that, that allow us to walk where we walk, those circumstances blind us to a thankful heart. And we get so caught up in those things that we don't pause. That's why I love what Colton does every morning. He says, every morning I have a fight, he says. Every morning I have to fight the urge to have another drink. Every morning I have to get up. And this disease called alcoholism, I've got to get up and I've got to take one step and then I've got to take another step and then I've got to take another step. And for you it may not be alcohol, but what is it? What is that thing? What circumstance in your life has blinded you to the thankfulness of God in your life? What circumstance is just sitting in your face that, that, that when you wake up it just, boom, smacks you right in the face and it starts to control your day? What circumstances is hanging on to your soul that is just weighing you down, that doesn't allow you to walk outside of who you are and trust God in this heart of thankfulness? We're blinded by our circumstances. They're real. Your circumstances, they're difficult. But here's the deal. If God is God, I happen to believe he is, and that's probably good for you because I'm the pastor here. If God is God, and he is omniscient, omnipotent, he is all that he is, and the very next breath that I draw upon, the Bible says, is given to me by him. We could just stop right there. God, thank you for life. God, thank you for life. So Paul says this. He says, remember. Remember, it's a verb. It's, a, it's an action word. It's, it's have in or able to bring to one's mind an awareness of someone or something that has been seen, known, or experienced in the past. What did we talk about last week in, in, in Ephesians 2, 8 through 11? What we talked about was this, that God gives grace, is saved by grace through faith, that no man should boast. But the key to it in what we said last week is that grace is experienced See, the remembering that, that, that Paul is talking about to you and me, he's like, remember that experience you had with Jesus that changed your life forever. Remember that moment. And, and there's, there's several of those along the way. I remember the moment that God grabbed a hold of me and, 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 and really changed my life. I was with this guy back here, and, and we were playing hockey in Boston. And, and, and I, I thought I'd made it to where I was supposed to be. I thought, you know, this, Billy, you weren't even saved back then, were you? You are going hard, baby. I love it. Billy, you're running with me. That's right, baby. That's exactly right. Uh, there, <laughs> I set myself up so I can't, like, be, you know. I remember the moment that, that God just said, there's more. I, I remember, and, and just there was a relief and a thankfulness because, you know, it, playing, and, you know, it's like when you play this sport or sport or whatever it is in life, it's like you play and you got about five minutes to, to relax, and then you go, I got to do this again, and I got to do this again, and I got to do this again. <laughs> and I remember God saying, There's so much more. 
This isn't it. I, I remember the moment of thankfulness when God introduced me to this woman. I, I remember it as clear as can be. And, and the confirmation of God's goodness and his grace was in Nashville, Tennessee, running with this woman. You know, I said, let's go for a run. We go for a run, and she spits. <laughs> Maggie, would you ever do that? No, you wouldn't. But she did, and it just got me. She didn't spit on me. She turned to the right and spit. I'm like, oh, dear Lord, this is the woman for me. God, thank you, Jesus. I remember each one of my children being born. Just going, thank you, Jesus. I remember the struggles in family and learning in the midst of the most difficult times, going, okay, God, I don't understand. I don't like it. I don't even really want it. But thank you for who you are. Paul says, remember. He says, remember. What Paul is saying is this. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget what? Don't forget what I was, what Jesus did, and who I am. Paul says this. Don't forget what you were apart from, from Christ Jesus when you were running with Billy Heward in Boston. Don't forget it. Don't forget who you were when you, 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 you were struggling and you didn't have hope. Don't forget what you were. Don't forget what I did when Jesus came and rescued me. When Jesus came and I had this revelation of, of eternal life through his son. Don't forget. And, and, and then he says this, don't forget who I am. Don't forget who you are in Christ, and don't for, forget who Jesus is in your life. Paul is saying, you know, thankfulness comes forth when you don't forget, regardless if you're in a tough time or not. Those are just circumstances. Don't forget. Don't forget what? Don't forget the miracle. Don't forget the miracle. It's so easy as a Christian. It's human nature to encounter God or, or anything for that matter, have this encounter, and then, and then as time goes on, you just kind of go, oh, that, yeah, that was nice. But, but what Paul is saying here is don't forget the miracle that took place from taking you from one thing and making you something completely different and giving you hope. He says, remember the miracle. Remember the miracle. Too, too many Christians are blinded by their circumstances that just sit right in front of their face and they have forgotten the miracle of God in their lives. Colton wakes up every morning and he, a list of 25 things. He, it, some are random. Cable TV. <laughs> Anybody thankful for cable TV? Much better than, than the antiquated TV with the rabbit ears when your dad would go, turn the TV, son, or go adjust the rabbit ears. He's thankful for cable TV. The simplicity of thankfulness. And Paul says, remember the miracle. And you go, oh, I won't forget this. I won't forget this. I got it written in my Bible. I won't forget that day. They forgot. This scripture in Psalm talking about the children of Israel. Children of Israel in bondage, in slavery for hundreds of years. God does a miraculous thing. He walks them through the sea. He destroys the, 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 uh, those people. And 
gosh, my head is all over the place. Just miracle after miracle after miracle. And this is what Psalm 106 says. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it became dry, and he led them through the deeps of the, through the desert, so that he saved them from the hand of the foe and redeemed them from the power of their enemy. And the waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise, but they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but they had wanton cravings in the wilderness and put God to the test in the desert. Now, I've had some miracles in my life, but I've never walked through a Red Sea. I've seen God do miraculous things in my life, but I've never seen him part the ocean, dry, walk through, and then destroy my enemy. Didn't see it. That's miraculous. And yet they forgot. I mean, can you even imagine that? You're like, man, if that happens to me, walk the Red Sea, parted, boom, boom, Pharaoh, all the people dead, all that stuff. Um, You would think every morning you wake up, you go, oh, God, thank you. You would think that every morning you wake up after you have this encounter with Jesus and you realize that you have eternal life, that all your sins are forgiven, that you can walk in freedom and not walk in condemnation and not walk in hopelessness, but you walk in the hope of what this word says and what Jesus did on the cross. You would think you'd wake up in the morning and go, oh God, thank you. But we don't. They forgot. They forgot. Why? Circumstances. Circumstances, they're in the desert. They didn't like the manna from heaven. They're disobedient. So God let them wander until a whole generation died off. Circumstances controlled their life. Uh, Going into this Thanksgiving weekend, my question to us is, is, what circumstances sit so close to your face that you don't have the ability to say thank you? Is it that fight with your husband? That fight with your wife? Is it, is it that job situation? Is it a health issue? What circumstances just sit right here? Because I know this, when I talk to Colton, the, the circumstances that face him every single morning is the urge to have a drink. And he says, okay, God, thank you. And lists all the things that he's thankful for. It just, it's powerful to me. See, when we live in the moment, we live in our circumstances. When we live in our circumstances, our circumstances determine the posture of our heart. Think about that. When you live in the moment of your circumstances... When you live in the midst of your, sir, ah, difficulty, it's difficult, it's difficult, the posture of your heart becomes this. Life is difficult, and then you get angry, and you get, you get, ah, and you get frustrated, and all these things. The guy goes, no, 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 no. Don't let your circumstances determine the thankfulness of your heart. Far too many Christians, circumstances are directing their heart, and they're not thankful. I want to challenge you and challenge me today to to write your list each day. 
I want to challenge you to thankfulness, to a heart of thankfulness. Let me be clear. I'm not asking anybody to be thankful for the, 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 the circumstance, meaning I, Colton doesn't go, God, thank you that I'm an alcoholic. That's not what I'm saying. You hear me when I say that? It's God, thank you that in the midst of me being an alcoholic in a fallen world, that I can have peace and I can have grace and I can love you. That I can actually, in the midst of a fallen, fallible, jacked up world, that I can walk in peace and bring hope to someone else. Because this whole thing isn't about you. You think it is. I think it is. I like to think it is. And many times I live my life as though it's about me. But it's not. It's about her. It's about these kids. It's about this church. It's about where I work. It's about where I play. It's about all these areas of my life where I have spheres of influence. And the influence may not be, you know, preaching from a pulpit. The influence may be being at 7-Eleven and grabbing coffee and seeing the same guy every day and wondering what, you know, do, do you, can I talk to you? What's your life all about? I have influence. It's not for me. It's for others. And too many Christians, far too many Christians, are, are just consumed by their circumstances. This is what Paul says about our circumstances. This is what he says in Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He says this, I know how to be brought low. And I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of, of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Paul says this, I knew what it was like to have money. I knew what it was like to always have food. I knew what it was like to be uh, the man. I also know what it's like to be imprisoned. I know what it's like to be stoned. I know... Just to clarify a generation, let me tell you what stoning is. It's a hard rock that is thrown at a person. So he knows what it's like to have been stoned by a rock. He understands all those principles. Paul says, high and low, I've been in them both. And my circumstances don't dictate my heart. He was on, in First Thessalonians, says this, rejoice always. Rejoice always. It doesn't say rejoice only when the Lakers win, because you wouldn't rejoice much then. So it doesn't say, oh, I love you, Heidi, you're the best. It doesn't say rejoice only when things are going well. It doesn't, it doesn't say just, you rejoice when your kids are obedient. That's a perfect time to rejoice. It doesn't say just, you rejoice when the, that check comes in. It says, Rejoice in the midst of difficulty. And then he says this, pray without ceasing. In other words, pray through it. Pray around it. Pray in the beginning. Pray at the end. Always pray. Pray without ceasing in the midst of whatever situation you are dealing with. He says, just keep coming to the throne. Keep asking. Keep praying. Keep believing. And stay in this place of thankfulness and prayer. How? Giving thanks in all. What? Okay, you can do better. Giving thanks in all? Circumstances. All circumstances. All circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for John Blue. Put your name in there. This is the will 
of God in Christ Jesus for you. For you, Melvin. This is the will. Brian, for you. This is God's will. Is that you will rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Regardless of what you feel, smell, touch, or see. Your circumstances. Paul, in your circumstances, always rejoicing. Pray without ceasings. Give thanks. Giving thanks. So where do I start? Where do I start? Remember the miracle. It, it, it starts with this word and remembering the miracle. I was a sinner separated from God because of my pride, because of my sin. That's a, that's a revelation we don't like to remember. I continually try to keep that in front of my face that, look, apart from Jesus, I know what I am. Self-awareness is critical in life. Most people don't have it. But self-awareness is, 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 puts me in this place in my relationship with God where I, I go, I, I was separated from you, God, because of my choices, because of my sin. He says, remember the miracle. Remember the miracle that, 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 that took place in my life, that in spite of my sin, the cost of my sin was this separation from a holy God. But remember the miracle. I didn't have to sit in that. Remember the miracle that yet while you're still sinners, God loved me so much that he sent his son to take away my sins. I didn't walk through the Red Sea. I didn't see my, my enemies destroyed by the Red Sea. But I walked through the grace of Jesus Christ on that cross and I watched him destroy my enemies. He took away my sins. If I can wake up in the morning and go, God, thank you that I'm not what I was. Thank you that I have hope. God, thank you that I deserve hell and you give me grace. That I deserve to be separate. See, because here's the deal. If God is God, and I happen to believe that God is God, the Bible says of him that he's holy. What does that mean? He's perfect. There are no imperfections. Therefore, one sin would separate me from a perfect, holy God. Now, there's only three people in here that I know that have only sinned once. That was kind of funny. No. No one's ever just sinned once. There's multiple sins in my life and all that. I, but the Bible says all, just one sin in the presence of a holy God will separate you from him. So I remember the miracle that all that I was is forgiven and washed away because of who he is. I remember the miracle. Thankfulness keeps the miracle in front of my face. I remember the miracle when I cried out to Jesus and asked forgiveness. I remember the miracle where God was faithful and he sent his son to die on a cross for me. I remember the miracle that was brought for me and you. And, 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 and when I keep that miracle in front of me, it's, it's like this, Colton's um, his, his thought process is, hey, I need to get up and be thankful because I'm an alcoholic and the first thing I really want to do is have a drink, but I'm going to be thankful to change the atmosphere in my life, to start my day off right. It's the same thing for you and I. I'm going to wake up in the morning knowing the propensity in my life is, is, is not to worship, is not to do what I need to do, but I'm going to remember the miracle and what Jesus did for me and thank him for it 
to set my course, to set my day. I remember the miracle when I cried out and Jesus forgave my sins. You remember the miracle because I, I did nothing to deserve it. I can't pray enough. I can't give enough. I can't go to church enough. I can't, there's nothing I could do. We're saved, as we said last week, Ephesians 2 8, we're saved by grace through faith that no man should boast. I remember the miracle that I deserve hell and God gives me life. And it should change you. It should change me. I remember the miracle, Paul says, in, 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 as he goes on in Ephesians 2, 14 through 16, for he himself is our peace, that Jesus is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the flesh in the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in his ordinance. That's a whole lot of stuff just to say this, that, that the law condemned me to hell. When I look at the Ten Commandments prior to Jesus, I was condemned to be separated from God, but God God steps in and sends his son Jesus that I might be reconciled to him. I remember the miracle that he might create in himself one new man in a place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. See, here's what we don't believe, that prior to our relationship with God, we were hostile towards God. Oh, not me, I'm a nice guy. Yeah, you may be a nice guy. You could probably act nice. But the hostility is this, that if God is God and he's perfect in, in all that he is, he's omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, he's all of these things, and I am not, it's hostility towards that which is holy. And God reconciles it. And Paul says this, remember the miracle. Remember the miracle. See, when you remember the miracle... You can't help but be thankful. When you wake up in the morning and, and, and you remember the miracle of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel of Jesus Christ, how can you not be thankful? How do you not set the trajectory for your day? The single greatest way to change the atmosphere in your life is to remember and choose thankfulness. Let me tell you something. If, the, if the, the temperature in your home right now is hot, in other words, there's adversity, there's craziness, and, and we've dealt with this many a time with five kids in our household. There are times when it was crazy hot and there's times when it was crazy cold. But the reality is this. If you remember what God has done and choose thankfulness with your children, with your spouse, with whomever lives in that, that home with you, if you make Make that decision. What you'll see is the atmosphere will start to change. When thankfulness comes forth from your heart, the, the, your relationship with your spouse will change. Your relationship with your children, with one another. Because thankfulness is an attitude of the heart that is awakened by our realization of our state in life apart from Jesus. It's the realization of what would my life be apart from Jesus? I wouldn't be married to this woman. I would not be here today preaching the gospel. I would not be doing anything that I, I, I'm not sure I'd still be married or maybe I'd be on my third wife. I don't know, but I, the realization of what my life would be apart from Jesus I don't want it. I love the hope that Jesus brings.
even in the midst of difficulty and bad, tough circumstances. Don't forget. Why? Why? Life is hard. There's just no way around it. Jesus told us that life was going to be hard. For some reason, we don't believe him. Life is difficult. Life is hard. Jobs and, and money and, and marriage and children and, and, and health and wars in the Middle East and, and unforgiveness and marching and hatred and, 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 and just and CNN and Fox News and all of it. It's just life ain't easy. And I can't promise you that it's going to get easy. You may have some good stretches. But we're living in a depraved world. We're living in the middle of, of one of the most selfish generations. We're living in the middle of, of just crap. I said it. It ain't easy. What is Paul imploring us to remember? The miracle of the gospel. See, because my hope sits right in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just to remind you, what's the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And the gospel, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, brings hope that I might have life. That this isn't, let me tell you, if this is it, you can flip and have it. Because it sucks a lot of times. But I don't sit in that. I sit in the hope of Jesus Christ. I sit in the fact that Romans uh, 21 says that, that there'll be no more tears, there'll be no more suffering, that there'll be a new creation, there'll be a new world, that, that, that he'll restore everything that has gone wrong. I live in a hope. See, here's the difference between the hope that I live in and the atheist. See, I... <laughs> The atheist, he has to get it right. I don't. Let me, let me tease that out a little bit. The atheist, there is no God, period. I die, nothingness. Believer, I believe in the gospel. Saved by grace through faith, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. When I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior, I have eternal life. If I'm wrong, nothing. I don't know. It's just, it's over. I, I, if the atheist is wrong, oh, God have mercy. Because he's going to stand before a righteous judge. He's going to give an account to why he rejected God. He's going to give an account as to why he sat in a church service somewhere someday and he heard the gospel and the good news of Christ Jesus and said, nah, I don't really need that. I'll deal with myself. See, the miracle that I walk in that Paul is, is telling us in Ephesians to remember is the miracle of the gospel, the hope of the gospel, that I have eternal life and I can have peace. I can walk in God's goodness and I can enjoy the fellowship of other believers. And I can have hope. That's what he's telling us to remember. That's what he's reminding us of. Your hope cannot be in your circumstances changing. Because I don't know that they will. 
I hope they will, but I don't know that they will. And there's some things you can change circumstantially, but there's a lot of things you can't. There are no guarantees. So, so my hope isn't in the circumstances. My hope is in Christ Jesus. And when my hope is in Christ Jesus, he changes me. And I walk in the midst of whatever God has called me to walk in. And Paul finishes chapter 2 with this in verse 22. And he says this, In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. What is he saying? He's saying this, that you and I in our ongoing, uh, ongo uh, ongoing growth through thankfulness and remembering bring unity in Christ. That we are being shaped and constructed into a spiritual dwelling place for God. That is, that is as, as I am thankful and as I am gracious and as I am remembering who God is and what he's done in my life, that the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, remember, is the one that lives in me. And it stirs something up in me. And it gives me a boldness to go and bring hope to others. It allows me to bring light in the midst of darkness. It brings me to places where no one would go and preach the gospel. And preaching the gospel doesn't necessarily it look like this, but it looks like this, serving others. Whoa, what did I just do there? I'm on fire, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the gospel is the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple end slides here. Now what? Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. Share it with someone. Now what? Look, now what if you don't know Jesus? The Bible says that today is the day of, of, of salvation. It says, if I confess from the mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, it says, I will be saved. Now what? Encountering Jesus in a relationship. Now what? Giving thanks in the midst of my circumstances, whatever my circumstances may be. This week, as you go and we're with family, let this scripture just grab a hold of the scripture and let it just, just direct and guide you in Colossians 3, 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, hold on, hold on, soul right there. Whatever you do at the dinner table on Thursday, whatever you do in those conversations with a beer in your hand, great, have a beer, I don't care, a glass of wine, whatever. Whatever you do in those situations this week with others that are with you, whatever you do in your words or in your deeds, I, you might not want to get hammered, that's probably not good, but your words in glorifying God, have a glass of wine, I don't care about that. Just, just, if, uh, you guys get what I'm saying right here? <laughs> I may have dug a hole. Um, your, your words and deeds match up to what this word of God says. And everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. When you go to Thanksgiving dinner, what you say and what you do, people are watching because you are a light. And that light is Jesus in you. Give thanks. Give thanks this week. Give thanks. And then when we get through this week, how about next week? Get through next week? How about the following week? We get through the following week? How about each and every day? Just as my friend Colt does and sending me a list. And some, uh, some mornings I read every one of them. Some mornings I go, oh, there it is again. <laughs> Just to be honest, Colt, if you're listening, 
I love his heart of thankfulness. Walk in that as you remember what God has done for you. As you remember what the Lord has done for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. For these men and women, Lord, I thank you for your son Jesus. God, your goodness in our lives. God, I thank you even for this week. But Lord, we don't need a day to be thankful. Help us to remember the miracle each and every day that we might thank you. God, that, that, that in the midst of whatever our service, God, someone is going through something today. There are circumstances out there that, that don't seem worthy of thank, being thankful, but God, I, I just declare in the name of Jesus that we would walk in thankfulness regardless of the circumstances. And God, I thank you that you are faithful. And that our hope is not in that our circumstances change, but our hope is in you, Christ Jesus, that changes men and women, that makes a difference. So, Father, we thank you for who you are in your Son and all that you've done. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. And as we stay in this attitude of worship, it's a time that we receive communion. The Bible says communion is a, is a holy time. We don't take it lightly. And that if, if you have a relationship with Jesus, this is the time that you, you receive the elements, the bread and the wine. And it, it's a time of, of, of remembering, as Paul said, what God has done. It's a time of being thankful for what God has done. So as, as you come and receive the elements today, don't just... Make it another, hey, communion. Just take a moment. Take a moment, examine your heart. Take a moment and, and, and just say, God, is there anything here that, that you want to deal with? Take a moment and, 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 and just maybe say thankful. Maybe, God, thank you for all that you're doing, all that you've done. And set your heart so that when you come and receive, there's a, a, a level of faith that you walk in. And you can know that when you walk out these doors, that, that, that there's no weight, there's no condemnation, that you're right with God. That you bring light in the midst of darkness. We've got communion tables to both sides and to the back. Um, do it more family style. If you're here alone, someone grab them. They're part of your family. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. God, we thank you for your son. Lord, on the night he was betrayed, it said he took the bread, he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he ate it. And he said, he took the wine that represented his blood and, he, and he, he showed it to the man and he said, this represents the covenant that I'm making with you on this cross. This represents the life, my blood. And, and when you drink it, remember what I did for you. I washed away your sins. He said, as Paul said in Ephesians, do this in remembrance of me. 
God, that we will remember. And not only remember, but we remember to be thankful. God, I thank you I have freedom. I thank you I have life. Even in the midst of being an idiot, Father God, you are gracious to me. Thank you. And we thank you for these elements in Jesus' name.